Hi everyone, it's the Chico Hospital for Cats podcast with another important episode about, obviously, cats. And we have Dr. Colin here today. Hi, Dr. Colin. Hi, Samit. So we wanted to talk about, basically, cats and nutrition a little bit today. Yeah, I think that there are some uh, important things that people might not understand and that might not be coming through as good information in terms of the marketing strategies that some food companies Mm -hmm. use. Um, Let me just ask you the very first question I have in my mind because it's so popular or trending and people go after this. What do you think about raw meat diet? Is it good or bad? And if it's not good, why is it not good? Well, there are a lot of experts in nutrition, much smarter than I am, PhD nutritionists and and board certified veterinary nutritionists. And, And the consensus that I, and I, absolutely agree with is that raw diets present some significant risks and all you have to do is read about the recalls of contaminated food on the human side to know that the risks of raw food are are not inconsiderable and some of the studies have demonstrated some significant bacterial contamination in them. That said, there are some people who swear by them and there may be certain illness-related condition that might benefit by it. I don't know what they are, but I think anytime someone says absolutely no, never, you're setting yourself up to be made an idiot. So what I would say is what the experts say, which is that there is significant risk There is a a risk to humans as well. And so anyone who has young children or people that might be somewhat immune compromised Mm -hmm. um, or the elderly living in their home are placing those people and their immune system at a much higher peril. By keeping this type of food around. By keeping this type of food around, exactly. So what the experts say is if you have those kind of people in your home, absolutely no raw food. So, and it, I mean, people don't eat raw eggs, you know, for this yeah. exact same reason. So I think it's really important to be careful about what you're, what you're choosing based upon what you're hearing. Yeah, and as far as cat's body, just get, taking that raw food for like balanced nutrition, is that a good idea? Or does the cat not get everything it needs? Well, it depends on who's making the food. Mm-hmm. Um, the The truth of the matter is, is that if there aren't, PhD nutritionists or board certified veterinary nutritionists in that company actively formulating those diets and they're being tested for their ingredient levels, Mm -hmm. then you have some reason to be confident that that food's coming from somewhere. What we're seeing in terms of really severe health problems, more on the dog side right now than cats, but it's happened in the cat world as well, is some really, really serious health risks that have developed as a result of some smaller companies formulating diets without proper uh, nutrition research. Yeah, I see some uh, sections recently in grocery stores where there's this uh, cooler or freezer with <laughs> cat and dog food in it. Okay, uh, so, okay, raw food, that is... A little bit complicated depending who's living in your house, what's, where you're getting it, who's making the food and all that right. stuff. There's a little bit more 
Uh, There's a lot more to think about. Yes. And what about grain-free food that people are so into <laughs> lately? Well, you know, I, what happens in the cat food world, it mirrors what's happening in the human food world. Okay. Because so people will come up with a, a diet fad and it'll be... In the old days, it was antioxidants, and then mm -hmm. there, now there's keto, and there's yeah. grain-free, and all this other stuff, and paleo. What happens in our world is it mirrors that. So whatever anybody has a food fad out now, mm -hmm. in a little while, it'll come out in the cat world without taking into consideration the really special nutritional requirements of cats. Cats are not small dogs or people. Mm -hmm. They are absolute carnivores. They need meat protein. Now, to make dry food, and you know this, to make dry food, you have to have some carbohydrates to make it into yeah. that dry formula. Yeah. Well, cats can use that for energy, but not as efficiently. In any event, in order to make it into dry food, it has to have carbohydrates in it. If it's not grain free, if it's going to be grain free, then it's going to have something else in it. It's going to have rice, sweet potatoes, yeah. something. And to the cat, it doesn't matter because they're not very efficient at, at using carbohydrates using, anyway. Yeah. And so gr grain-free sounds good, but what it means is is it's just picking a different carbohydrate source. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's in the bigger... In the bigger picture, it's irrelevant. It, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, good to know. It's, it's good to share that. And then speaking of these two trending you know, uh, options of food, what is your favorite or what what would you feed your cat that is just an you know normal adult cat with no problems and just healthy if, if i had a choice i would feed all cats canned food okay but an awful lot of cats grow up not thinking that canned food is food cats are very texture oriented odor oriented um, smell is equal as important as taste, mm -hmm. and so and and how they are fed when they're kittens has a huge impact on how they're how they're willing to eat when they're older. So a lot of cats I can't feed a canned food diet to because they don't think it's food. Mm -hmm. But a good combination of canned and dry food from a company with board certified veterinary nutritionists and PhD nutritionists on their staff actively doing research on diet. That's the kind of food I want to feed my cats. Okay. So, and, and it doesn't have to be super expensive. There are some actually pretty doggone good foods in the grocery store. You just have to learn to read the label. Mm -hmm. and, and there are websites that you can go to to get really good information. Like there's one called, um, Lisa Pearson is a veterinarian. She created a website called catinfo.org. And there you can find the nutrient profile of practically every canned food diet on the planet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. So catinfo.org is a great source. You can see how much phosphorus there is, how much protein, how much potassium. The really important building blocks for cats you can find on that website. So that's where I'd go. So that's interesting. If it was up to you, you would do only canned food for the perfect canned food, right? And right. And so this is interesting because most people, even people who come here as clients, I say, what is the diet? And they say, well, my cat doesn't like canned food, so we're doing only dry. And we try to always convince them for canned food, at least as a part of treat, you know, to yeah, get some tough. more water yep. in too at yep. the same time. Well, that's it. Getting more water in, if you look at the, the protein profile of canned food on a dry matter basis, most of it's over 50% protein. Mm -hmm. You can never 
I should say never, rarely find a dry food that's over 45% mm. protein, which is what cats need. Much better choice for a, a hypercarnivore. Yeah. Plus, as you say, getting them to consume more moisture by fooling them into taking in this yummy water mm -hmm. that's in the food is really super helpful for these cats because they just don't drink enough. Yeah. So to just let everybody know from here, we're definitely suggesting canned food as a part of your kitty's diet. Absolutely. <laughs> and make sure that you do your homework. Make sure you know how much protein's in it. Make sure you know what company that it's coming from and who's making the food. Basically, mm -hmm. who is their, who's their team that's doing nutrition research and formulating diets? Because it's a, if it's somebody in their kitchen, it's not necessarily going to be a safe food. Yeah. And on, on this topic also, if you say your cat doesn't like canned food, there's so many textures and shapes and options to try before you give up and offering one canned food. You could go like... That is such a good point. <laughs> because cats are really driven by three things. Odor, texture, and taste. And taste and odor kind of go together because mm -hmm. they have sort of a special way of experiencing the taste of food using their, their um, olfactory sense mm -hmm. as well. But texture is really important too. So if you can't, if you tried, you could try any one of a number of combinations exactly. that might somehow create that wonderful profile of texture and odor and taste that would be just lovely for that particular cat. Yeah, I want to give a really small exp uh, example here. Uh, one of our I-131 cats who stayed here for five days on the drop-off, the lady said, "I just brought dry food because she, my cat, never eats canned food." And so on the end of the first day, I offered some canned food because she was not touching her dry food. But it turned out the next four days, the cat only ate canned food here. <laughs> so that texture and that odor profile and that taste was exactly the right combination. And there, there are literally thousands of options. So many options, yeah. yeah. I mean, even one particular company will have hundreds of different yes, ones. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, the, the, the idea of giving up after trying once, I mean, I get it that it's expensive to open up a can of canned food yeah. and not have it be eaten. I get that. But you can also say, well, he doesn't like this chunky variety, but look, there's this loaf kind over mm -hmm. here, so I won't try any more chunky stuff. I'll go for this loaf kind of pate mm -hmm. and, and try that. So you can sort of put it together in a way that's, you know, kind of rational about how you try stuff. Yeah, because we all know they're the pickiest animals on planet, you know. One little change, <laughs> <laughs> one little yeah. change in, in the texture of food could make Boom, exactly. huge changes. Yeah, huge. so. Okay, and uh, would you like to add anything else? Well, you know, it, to me, especially older cats, it's more important that they eat than what they eat. Mm -hmm. And it, if cats are fussy about their food, they can also get fussier when they get older because they start developing some health problems and things like that. And it's a huge mistake to change a cat's diet when they're aging or having some other kind of health issue. And the other thing to do is never change your cat's food when you have company or when somebody's moved into the oh, house yeah. or cats really like routine. And anytime you mix it up in the house, it's a big disruption. So if you're going to try to change a diet, you always want to do it in, at a time when it's nice and quiet and everything else is real predictable and nothing else is going to happen like the 29-year-old yeah. moving back <laughs> into the basement or something like that. And change a transition 
transitioning it obviously right not just stop one food one day and offer a new one next oh day. yeah the the rule of thumb is you feed 25 percent mm-hmm. of the new diet 75 percent of the old diet for a few days mm-hmm. then half and half for a few days and then the other the yeah, other the direction other mm-hmm. and take at least seven to ten days to switch diet yeah exactly so it has to go slow and yeah the, step by step <laughs> If we didn't, you know, that's the way to get a phone call from our clients, you know, an abrupt diet change, which people do all the time. And then they call us up because their cat has diarrhea or is (laughs) vomiting or something like that. And it was just too abrupt a diet change. Yeah. Yeah. So actually I was going to end the episode, but I just remembered what if the cat doesn't eat? There is one product that we wanted to mention really briefly that is a little bit more cat friendly than others, right? Yeah. And it's not a new, it's not a new, um, pharmaceutical Mm. it's a new packaging of an old one because cats are really hard to give pills to and a lot of them are even really hard to give liquid to and the the, a company that i i like a lot called kindred bio formulated this appetite stimulant Mm -hmm. in a transdermal ointment so you just rub it gently into the cat's ear and most cats tolerate that just fine and and we use it to help with cats that for whatever reason are having trouble eating enough yeah, so if you're listening to this and you do have some trouble giving your cat pills for appetite stimulants, you can always ask your veterinarian for a more cat-friendly option. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the things we balance really cautiously be- is the relationship, right? If you if you need to give your cat a medicine and it's going to ruin how he feels about you mm-hmm. and he ends up running, hiding under the bed from you or won't sit in your lap anymore then I'm not doing my job, right? Because that relationship is the reason why we have cats. And so we want to preserve that and protect it to the extent that we can. Okay, perfect. So if you are okay with it, I think this this was a pretty good episode. We'll say goodbye for now and uh, meet with our next episode again. Thanks for having me on, Sam. Thank you. And everybody have a good day.